0: I had a vision that one day, uh, instead of storming and mutilating our capital, that a group of people would walk to the Capitol and cover the whole lawn on their knees praying. Now, I know I'm dreaming, but don't wake me up. Amen? But that's the only solution to our country's problem, is that we storm the gates of hell with the truth, And that we pray one for another. And that we love one another. And that we always seek God's will for our country. Amen? And I just wish we'd get back to prayer as a nation. Maybe all this junk will drive us to our knees. It sure has made me pray more this week. How about you? By the way, COVID will make you pray more. Even the Word. You know, you think, oh, my Word. Is this it for me? You know, and you start praying. Amen. When you turn 33, Miss Joanne, this week, you start praying. Amen. Every year is a blessing. Every day is a blessing. I want to dedicate that song, if I might, to Miss D4 and Brother Robert, as they never miss a service. And as they said goodnight to their 48-year-old daughter that battled cancer for three years, I was so heartbroken that I did not be able to preach the funeral and to be even at the funeral home. And uh, so it broke my heart. I almost broke quarantine and showed up. But I said I had a wife that wouldn't let me. And uh, I had a little sense, too. But um, really appreciate that family, love that family. And uh, they can't be here. They couldn't even go to their daughter's funeral. Uh, but I tell you this, they never miss a service. So media team, you're getting the gospel out, amen? And I hope that it's a blessing in the heart that uh, soothing song to Miss Connie and Brother Robert and the whole family, the whole family. I mean, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, I'm so excited, I feel like I've... Uh, uh, Brother Tony told me when I was stressed out in August, I was a little stressed out, not too much. He said, what you need, preacher, is about a two-week sabbatical. You need to not preach for two weeks. You need to get out of town. You don't need to let anybody know where you're at. You need to throw away your cell phone. And I, I wanted to do that, but I never did get a chance to. And so these last 10 days have been an unplanned sabbatical to me. Amen. And I'm ready to preach now. Matter of fact, I'm about to counsel Brother Gregory. I feel so good. Amen. Praise God. I'll just preach again tonight. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't do that too. But I'm excited. I, don't, I hope I never lose the thrill of being here. And I am thrilled to death to be here. I shouldn't use that word. I'm thrilled to life to be here. And I'm thrilled that uh, I can preach the Word of God. It means a lot to me. Um, Ms. Nell brought this out about three years ago, and I never thought about it. She said, you know, I have never remember a service where you've been sick. Now, I've been out of town. I've been in South Africa on Sundays preaching. Um, but uh, I, I said, well, I don't remember one either, and I didn't even think about it. And so that's so ungrateful that I would not think about being healthy for 43 years. And so last Sunday was my first Sunday. I knew it was coming, so it's probably downhill from now. But uh, last Sunday was my first Sunday that I missed because of sickness, as far as I can remember. I probably was sick five or six times and forgot because of my age. But um, it's just a blessing. It's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to be healthy. Hope you don't take for granted the blessings of life. Every step, every breath, every day, you should never take for granted. And that's what I want to preach on this morning is I want to preach on uh, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to preach on the Almighty Investor is coming. If anything's taught if anything in the news has taught me something, it's taught me this Jesus is coming soon. The Bible says iniquity shall abound in the last days. That means a, that means violence. That means uh, you know interruptions and corruption. All kinds of junk going on in the last days. Um, And, you know, men trying to solve all the problems in the flesh and their wisdom is a sign of the last days. They're lovers of themselves, and they think they've got the answer. They think they're God, but they're not. And so the Bible tells us that we ought to be good stewards. Now, When I first heard that word steward, I thought that was a Methodist deacon, but it's not. A steward is something that um, is one that is a manager. Um, uh, There's nothing more important in the Christian growth and proper understanding and practice in your Christian life than stewardship. Uh, Let me define stewardship. It's all the Christian duty and obligation. Good stewardship will keep you growing and going for God. It is a real deterrent for carelessness and worldliness. The word steward means a supervisor. It means an administrator. It means a manager. It means a keeper of accounts. And the Bible has much to say about stewardship. The Bible says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, that a steward should be found faithful. Now, folks, we can be a lot of things, but we ought to be one thing, faithful. God has required, God has demanded, and God has set the example of faithfulness. I have come up with this theme that rhymes, took me a long time, oh, to hear well done in 2021. But I want to tell you something, I'd like to just have one word as the key word for this year, faithfulness, faithfulness. So I want to preach a little bit about stewardship, but I want to preach a whole lot about being faithful this coming year. And I believe this, God's going to give you opportunities and blessings, and he's going to entrust you a sacred trust with those blessings to be faithful. He's going to give you opportunities of a lifetime this year, and he wants to trust you to be a faithful steward of God's blessings. So let's stay in all the Word of God, Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, 14. And I'll be very brief this morning, and I'll continue this message next Sunday. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. If Brother Gregory don't show up tonight, I'll continue tonight. But I hope he does. I'm looking forward to hearing him. The Bible says, for the kingdom of heaven, we're in chapter 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. I want you to underline or circle his. And it says, and to unto, unto one he gave five talents, and another two, and to another one, and to every man, I've circled those two words, every man, according to his several abilities, and straightway he took his journey. And then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth, and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. And the Lord said to him, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And he also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have. Gained two talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then the, then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou was a hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathered where thou hath not strawed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid thy talent thy talent, in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. The Lord answered and said to him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reaped where I sowed not and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury or interest. Take therefore the talent from him that get." and give it to him that which hath ten talents. And to every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this parable, this earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I pray, dear God, that you'd help us, Lord, give us strength, give us energy. Uh, Lord, give us uh, the right thoughts as we've studied this message uh, to deliver to your people. Lord, I'm thrilled to be here and excited. uh, God, that you've given me another chance to preach the Word of God. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that you would uh, use this message to not only comfort, but to convict. And God, to give us courage to be good, faithful servants in these last days. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want you to notice, first of all, one of the greatest principles of stewardship in the Bible is that God owns everything. Can somebody say amen? You might think you own a lot, and you might think you're your own man or your own woman, but I want to tell you something. Everything that God Everything you have is from God. And God not only gave you those gifts, that gift of life, but folks, he has entrusted you. The Bible says in Exodus 19, 5, all the earth is mine. The Bible says in Psalms 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord. God has blessed you to be a blessing. God has called you to be a good manager, a good steward, or a good servant for the Lord Jesus Christ. So look at verse 14 in our text. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, for the king of heaven is a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. Here's a picture of a man, a master, that's taking a trip and he's giving them some goods and he's entrusting them to invest their life. I'm going to tell you something, friend. When the Lord comes, and I believe he could come this year. I believe he could come this week. I believe he could come this day. He has entrusted you to be faithful. He's entrusted you to get a gain. He's entrusted you to invest your life, not just spend your time uh, for yourself. He's called you to be an investor. He is the He is the great almighty investor. He has invested in your life. He has trusted you with health and strength and blessing and money and homes and children. Come on, Ethan, children that he wants you to use those children for God's glory, not your own glory. He wants you to be used of God. He has entrusted you. He said his goods. Folks, I want to tell you something. You ought to serve God knowing that he is the divine master of everything, that he is the almighty investor. And I hate to use that word, but, folks, we always want to invest one of you was uh, going into your uh, uh, company office and they set up a program of retirement. And after 50 years, that investment that you took out of your check every week did not make one red cent. I'll tell you what you'd do. You would be upset that you did not have a good advisor, a good investor, one that trusted that you could trust like a broker or advisor to gain something. So don't look at me like, oh, no, this is all about money. No, this is about life. God has called you and entrusted you to be a steward, or in biblical terms, a servant with his goods for his glory because you're not your own. It's it's not your life. It's God's life. Amen? And that'll change and revolutionize your life if you realize he's coming and he expects an investment. He expects you to use your life for his glory. We ought to serve like the Savior. Look at Matthew chapter 20, a couple doors back, verse 28. Matthew 20, verse 28. We ought to serve like the Savior. The Bible says this, even as the Son of Man came to not be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You know what I love about following the Lord? Because he's the greatest servant that ever walked this earth. He sacrificed more than anybody ever sacrificed. He loves more than you ever loved anybody else. And folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to serve like the Savior. And then we ought to serve lovingly, like a bond servant. You know, uh, they had a a very unusual um, custom in the Old Testament when a person was serving so many years, like seven or eight years, uh, they could be freed, but a lot of times servants would say, I don't want to be freed. I love you too much. I love what you've given me. And they would take an awl or a a spike and put it through their right earlobe and say, okay, you could have your freedom, but now you have become a bond slave. You have become a, uh, a servant. And folks, we don't serve God because we have to. We ought to serve God because we want to. Say amen. And folks, I don't mean to sit, soak, and sour. Come on. It doesn't mean that we come to church just to get everything we can get. I believe that the church ought to be a place of service. I believe you ought to come to serve. I believe you ought to come to exhort. That's why I'll be glad when this pandemic's over, you can't exhort anybody watching online. Now, I'm glad you watch online. Don't get wrong. Some of you just change channels. So I'll just watch another pastor then, praise God. You're going to get on me about watching. No, I'm just saying, folks, you encourage somebody by being here. You encourage somebody by your smile, if I can see any of them through your mask. Amen? You encourage me by your attentiveness while I preach. Amen? I mean, you ought to be more attentive uh, while I preach than, than when you drive or when you... uh when you work on machinery at your job, Brother Pete, you ought to be more attentive in this church service because the Word of God is God's Word and you ought to honor it. Say amen. Not picking on you. I just You're the nearest one I can find. But listen, God help us. God help us to realize there ought to be a loving service when we come to the house of God. You know, some people actually come to church looking like they have to be here. And they look like I got rope burns on their neck. Because the wife drugged you here. Folks, you ought to want to be here. You ought to long to be here. And I'm going to tell you something. If you miss about 10 or 15 days and you, you sit at home for about six or seven or eight months, uh, you might get to missing this place. I hope you do. Because I really did. But folks, I want to tell you something. Willing service. The Bible says nobody takes my my life. I lay it down. I give my life. We ought to set the. We ought to follow his example. We ought to not have to serve God. We ought to want to serve God. Then there's sacrificial service. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's by the mercies of God. Hey, listen, friend, I want to tell you something. In light of Calvary, you ought to die to self. In light of Calvary, you ought to serve willingly and sacrificially. You know, a lot of times, we never do anything if it costs us anything. But we ought to do a whole lot of things that cost us everything. And folks, we ought to give our life. And then last but not least, stop thinking about service, we ought to be a faithful servant. We ought to be a faithful servant. And John 17, verse 4, is the, is the real high priestly prayer. It's the Lord's prayer. The real Lord's Prayer. Some people say it's Luke eleven, "Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." Matthew chapter six. That's not the Lord's prayer. That's the disciples' prayer. Lord never had to ask forgiveness of sin, but in that prayer, he said, "I have finished the work thou gavest me to do." See, he'd already been to Calvary in his mind. He knew he was going there. And folks, he wouldn't turn to the right or the left. He knew that he had to come and serve you, and love you, and he was faithful. If you want to look at a faithful servant, you ought to look at God. If you want to look at a faithful servant, you ought to look at Jesus. And so first of all, I want you to know there's a master. The master of investment comes, and he has a right to demand your every bit of your life. He has a right to say, it's my goods. It's my life. And folks, God has created you. He's given you uh, lungs to enjoy His oxygen. He's given you ears to hear his sound waves. He's given you what? Wa- uh, hey, listen. He's given you a body to enjoy water. I mean, everybody was on me every day saying, Drink wa- a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. And I said, Okay, I'll try. And boy, I want to tell you something. I got my exercise drinking water and going to the bathroom. Say amen. Amen. I mean, every minute I was up, and they said, and stay active. I said, okay, I'll put that together. Drink water, go to the bathroom. Drink water, go to the bathroom. Praise God. Nothing can stay in your body like that. But I want to tell you something, folks, the body depends upon water. Your joints will get stiff if you don't drink water. Water is a life to your body. Uh, 70% of your body is water, and some of us are really got a lot of water. But I want to tell you something, folks, water Water is, and if you get dehydrated, you feel sick. If you get dehydrated, you can faint. If you get dehydrated, your blood pressure can go up. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm, 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 I need to get that water right there and bring it to the pulpit. I I believe with all my heart that God has given you a body to enjoy His water and to His nutrients. Uh, the soil, every mineral and every nutrient. Uh, Produced comes uh, from the soul is in is element in the body. It's amazing. We said we'll turn to the dust, folks. Listen, you are doing with God what He's given you. He's given you strength, health, mind, folks. He expects you to take that strength, to take that body, to take that eyesight, to take that mind, to take that ability on the job to take your job, to take your money, to take your talents, and to take your time and invest it in God's glory. And he's coming, and he's coming soon to see what you've done with it. And that brings me to my second point, the measure of investment. Look at verse 15. I oh, only see the master of the investment. You see the measure of the investment. In verse 15, it says, and to, the, and to one he gave, Five talents to another two and to another one to every man. To every man, listen now, according to his, his several abilities and straightway took his journey. Let me just say this real quick. All of you have a gift. Amen. All of you have been gifted. Romans 12, read it sometime. We just get stuck on one and two, three through 12, says that every man. Has a gift according to his will. That's why I don't believe in this charismatic confusion where you demand God to give you the gift that you want. No, God's gonna give you the gift he wants you to have. It might be the gift of giving, might be the gift of administration, might be the gift of mercy. We all need that, say amen. It's, but he's gonna give you a gift. It might be the gift of exhortation, but he's gonna give you a gift. And he has given you a gift, and he's placed you in the local church to use that gift as the body of believers. What a blessing that God has gifted you to give. God has blessed you to be a blessing. Look at the scripture one more time. And I got I to gotta close. It says every man, every man according to his several abilities and straightway he took his journey. See, the Lord's coming soon. But he has left you and endowed you with a blessing. He's expecting a gain. Look at verse 16. Then he that received the five talents went and, and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he gained other two. And he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, folks, parables. This money represents everything about your life. Every blessing. God's blessed you with children. You ought to give them to the Lord. They're not yours. God's blessed you with a marriage. You ought to give that marriage to the Lord. You didn't get married just for your enjoyment. God's blessed you with a job. God's blessed you with a mind. God's blessed you with money. God's blessed you with a home. They're God's. Everything's God's. It's his goods. But then he asks you, do one thing, manage it, manage it, folks, it means take up the cross, it's a sacred trust, it means that you'll have some great consequences, there'll be more, there'll be more, he said, and I've given two more, and five more, folks, God's going to give you a life more abundant, and I'm going to say this in closing, the greatest blessing on this earth is to be a blessing. And God has entrusted you to be a blessing. God did not trust you to be an island to itself. God did not trust you to just get, 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 and get everything I can get and be rich and famous and happy. I'm going to say this, folks. I don't care how rich you get, you'll never be satisfied unless you're in the will of God. I think that's obvious this week. There's a good illustration of it. I won't go into it. But folks, I don't care how many millions of dollars you're worth, you can blow it. Amen? You can blow it by living for yourself. Hey, I don't care how how famous you are, you can lose it in one day if if you live for yourself. God help us. God help us to fall on our knees and say, Oh God, this is not about me. This is about you. I'm going to tell you something. God has a way of humbling people that get in the way. And I don't want to be humbled. But I want to humble myself and say, Lord, I'm your servant. And you're God. You're the master. You've given me everything. I owe you total allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Amen. Not myself, not to my endeavors not to my reputation, and not to my well-being. Folks, God has entrusted you to manage what God has given you. And it's such a blessing that God has given us a chance of a lifetime. And the Bible sums it up in in this verse where it says more, more. Look at verse 20. And so he that receiveth five talents came and brought other five talents Saving the Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I gain besides them five talents more. Folks, God will give you more. He'll give you more grace, more love, more peace than this world could ever fathom about giving you. He'll give you more. The Bible calls it in John 10:10, 10, 10, a life more abundantly. And so He sacredly trusts you with your gifts, your time, your talents, and even the gospel. Folks, the only thing that's going to help this nation and the only thing that's going to bring this nation uh, back to sanity and peace is the Lord. And so one by one, we need to win people to the Lord. We need to get the gospel out. We are entrusted with the message of salvation. We're entrusted with the message of peace. We're entrusted with the message of encouragement. This, this morning, Jason brought out in a great lesson 29 times the word "comforts" mentioned in 2 Corinthians. If you read 1 Corinthians, it's falling apart. It's crazy. They're suing each other. They're getting drunk around the Lord's supper table. They're speaking in some kind of tongues and, and uh, uh, they're making havoc and confusion of the church. God said he's not an author of confusion. But in chapter 2, he says, comfort, 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 29 times. Folks, God's the only one who can comfort us during this time. I guarantee you, there is no comfort in this world. And I have been distraught this week. I've been upset this week. I've been down this week. Um, And it didn't just start with the stuff in the capital either. It started in Georgia about the the most the most two most unqualified liberal radical uh senators are going to represent our state that's disgusting you say that's political no that's biblical anybody believes in abortion I'm against them I mean anybody's hey anybody believes you can kill a baby in the womb out of personal convenience I'm against it and I want to apologize for it and folks, when you become, ladies, when you become pregnant, you're a steward of that life. You ought to take care of yourself. You ought to stop smoking and drinking. Say amen, ladies, right there. Come on, let's, I'm really preaching now, amen. You ought to, you ought to take care of yourself, take vitamins. Thank God for vitamins. My wife's been shooting me vitamins. I mean, I've got, I got vitamins, so I can't eat no more vitamins. Matter of fact, I'm going to go against vitamins when I get it through this. But probably because of the vitamin, I had a light case, and I've had a great, 10 days, because she pumped those in me before I got it. But I will tell you something. You're entrusted with that life. And it's not your own. Folks, God's given you life within you to bring up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's a sacred sanity of life. Sanctified life. Folks, God has trusted us and we're in such disgusting state of being that we are trying our best to slap God in the face and say, that's not your life. I can kill that baby if I want to. That's not your marriage. I can marry a man if I want to. I can marry the same sex if I want to. Hey, this is not my life. I can change my life to another sex. God, help us to realize how abominable that is we can say, I don't like the way you created me, I'll become a girl. I'll become a boy. Some of y'all didn't want any controversy, but I want to tell you something, folks. We have not been a good steward of life. We have not been a good steward of our freedom. We have not been good stewards of our blessings. And as a nation, we need to repent. And I think the only way we can... Find any kind of comfort for the future is found in this word more, much more. God's going to bless us more. God's going to bless you if you'll stop putting your little self first, your job first, your talents first, your treasures first. Say, Lord, this is not even mine. This is not my life. This is not my breath. And several of you that went through this COVID thing, you said you appreciate life more because you thought you was going to lose it. Amen. And I want to say this, friend. You never appreciate life till you almost lose it. You never appreciate a child like when you lose a child. You never appreciate a day until you're going to lose that day. You never appreciate freedom until you lose that freedom. Folks, God should not have to wake us up through tragedy. God, His goodness, should draw us to repentance. He's blessed us. Let me say last but not least, i got seven minutes. I see the management of this investment, but I see the reckoning and the reward of this investment. The reckoning and reward of this blessing. Folks, five talents more. Abundant life. Folks, the Bible describes in 2 Peter chapter 1 that uh, there's an abundant entrance. What's that mean? I mean, some people are going to come into the presence of God saying, hearing the words, well done. Thy faithful servant. Listen to me now. There's going to be an abundant entrance, but there's also going to be an ashamed entrance. First John two twenty eight says you'll either face him with confidence or ashamed. I'm telling you, he's coming as an investor. And folks, the accreditation of it all is when he says, "Well done, thy good and faithful servant." Now I believe we ought to be faithful to labor. I believe we ought to be faithful to love. Folks, we ought to be faithful to love the Scripture. We ought to love this Bible. I hope you're reading it through again this year. I think every Christian ought to read their Bible through every year. I believe you ought to memorize it. I believe you ought to read this Bible more than you read the paper. I believe you ought to read this Bible more than you watch Fox News. Amen. My wife's banned me from Fox News this week. I said, no, I can't watch it anymore. I said, okay. I think we ought to be faithful to love this sanctuary. I think we ought to love this place. I believe we ought to love our church. And folks, we ought to be faithful to love the saints. I believe you ought to love each other. I believe you ought to express it. I believe you ought to look like you love other people. I believe you ought to be enthusiastic about ministering to them. My wife was on the phone to one o'clock this morning but she didn't mind it a bit. Her words before she went to sleep was, hey, I'm available if you need to call me anytime this morning. And I thought to myself, what a servant. What a blessing it is to live with somebody that this thinks about others. Uh, she, she, just, she was sick and she was trying to wait on me. I said, let me wait on you. I even cooked breakfast one morning. Boy, that was a real adventure in wonderland i had to call i had to go back in the den five or six times says now how do you make grits uh, how much water uh you know uh you want your eggs scrambled or well done i said good and i ought to know this by now she said well i'm glad i finally taught you to cook one meal amen but we ought to love our our mates we ought to love the saints then we ought to love sinners you know jesus loved you when you were a sinner and I believe God's called you to be faithful to love sinners. And then we ought to love the Savior. Ought to be faithful to love the Savior. And folks, he has an authority in the future. Look at verse 21. It says, his Lord said to him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee the ruler over many things. In the millennial reign, you'll rule and reign. One day, rulership will be of the least and the lowly and even the laughed at. He's going to reverse this trend. Folks, the mainstream will be cast out and the overruled will become rulers. It's going to be a wonderful... The government's going to be upon his shoulders. In the millennial reign, the Bible says, you'll be ruler over many things. And then it says, last but not least, our theme verse for the year, enter into the joy. Of the Lord. I want to say this in closing. There's joy being in His presence. Psalm 16 11. You listening, Brother Jack? I know you are. And Miss Rose, pray for her. It says, In His presence is fullness of joy. Folks, there's a description of the Bible of no more in Revelation 21.5. There'll be no more sickness, no more sorrow. Hey, no more sin, no more Satan. But I want to tell you something, heaven's not going to be just no more, it's going to be much more. It's going to be love to the height. It'll be a crescendo of joy that you've never experienced. It'll be peace that it passes all understanding on this earth. There'll be joy, love, peace and then forevermore. So heaven's described with three mores. There's no more, there's much more, and there's forevermore. It's the joy of being in His presence. And then it's the joy of pleasing Him. The Bible says Revelation 4, you're created to please Him. Did you hear that? You're created to please Him. You were and are created for His pleasure. How do you please God? Hebrews 11, 6 it's impossible to please God except by faith. Believing that He is. I want to tell you something, friend. He is. He's a ruler that will never let you down. Hey, He's a ruler that will never be misunderstood. He's a ruler, thank God. I mean, when we get to heaven, He's misunderstood a lot now. But we ought to live to please Him. That's a good steward. And then the joy of seeing others in His presence. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 says, you're my joy. Paul was speaking to Christians, sinners that got saved. And so there's the joy of seeing others in his presence. I want to say this with all my heart. This year, you ought to win somebody to the Lord. This year, there ought to be a goal in your life to see somebody in your family, in your neighborhood, on your job, your acquaintances, one to the Lord. Because folks, there's no greater joy. There's no greater joy. There's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Then there's a the joy of hearing Him praise. I don't have time to go into it, but you read Revelation chapter 5, and heaven's a place of ultimate praise. Ten thousands and thousands and thousands praise Him. That's going to be joyful. And folks, I'll tell you what's so wonderful about soul winning. Every soul you win to the Lord, one day will praise God in heaven. And then last but not least, there's the joy of His presentation. Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 and 11 says that every crown you earn will be cast at His feet. See, it's not about you. When you get 10 times more, 5 times more, it's not about you. One day, all that is going to be laid at His feet. And you're going to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The crown's at his feet. And the Bible says they crowned him with honor and praise and majesty and worship. And folks, that is going to be the joy of heaven. That your little life was yielded to the big purpose of being a great servant of God. A lowly servant of God. A sufferer. Like Jason pointed out this this morning in Sunday school, that somebody died and was putting their hand over the fire to just see what it was going to feel like when when it was burned at the stake. People died for the faith. They're going to receive reward, but it's not going to be for their accolades or for their praise. But when they get to heaven, they'll say, I did it all for you. And I loved you. And I want to give you my crown because it was all because it was your goods. It was your life. And you trusted me. You trusted me with life. You trusted me with talents. You trusted me with children. You trusted me with a family. You trusted me with a home. You trusted me to be born in America. You trusted me. And I did not violate that trust. But I gave it back to you and I yielded my life. And I did it all for you. And you're going to hear the words, Well done, that good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. See, there's no joy unless he's your Lord. Stewardship is lordship. Charles Carroll Luther musicians John' come on was a journalist journalist and he a lay evangelist before being ordained as a Baptist minister in 1886 though not pro- prolific composer he authored a hymn in 1877 that he heard Reverend AG Upton relate the story of a young man who who was about to die and the young man had been a Christian for only one month. And though thankful for the Lord's saving him, during his final hour, he was nevertheless grieved that he had no opportunity to serve the Lord nor to share him with others and win people to the Lord. And he explained, he said, I am not afraid to die. Jesus saves, and Jesus saved me, but must I go empty-handed? Must I go empty handed? And upon hearing that account of that young man that only lived a month, Luther wrote this hymn. Must I go in empty handed? Must my dear redeemer meet? Not one day of service give him, lay no trophy at his feet. Must I go empty handed? Must I meet my Savior soul? Not one soul with which to greet him must I empty handed go? Not at death I shrink nor falter for my Savior saves me now but to meet Him empty-handed thought of that now clouds my brow. Oh, the years in sinning wasted but I but recall them now. I would give them to my Savior. To His will I'd gladly bow. Oh, ye saints, arouse ye earnest up and work while yet tis day ere the night of death overtake thee strive for souls while still you may lest I face him empty handed I want my, with all my heart to hear that accolade well done thy good and faithful servant but I don't want to face him empty handed I want to be faithful to the end I want to be faithful to the rapture then I want to cast my crowns at his feet because he's worthy. Father use this message thank you dear God for opportunity of a lifetime and that's to do something for you and I pray dear God that we would truly yield what we have to the Lord that we'd give this year this month this week this day every breath every talent everything you've given us we'd give it back to you and let you use us for your glory is our prayer today in jesus precious name we pray amen